You're listening to Mind of the Alpha, raw, unedited, and straight from the wolf's mouth. Hey, everybody. I got Patrick Chester in the uh, den with us tonight. How you doing, Patrick? Bobby, I'm doing great. How about yourself? Man, I'm doing excellent. I'm doing excellent. I have no complaints on my end. I'm uh, finally happy to have you on the podcast. Um, I know I've been hyping it up in our in some of our various social media uh, platforms, and I know everybody's looking forward to hearing what you have to say this evening. Well, I appreciate it again. You know, thanks for having me on, and, and um, you know, looking forward to to what should be a hopefully an informative conversation, but um, mm-hmm. one that will obviously could take a few twists and turns as we <laughs> kind of get into some of my <laughs> some of my uh, struggles. Right, right, and and. I'll be honest with you, Patrick, I've had my own struggles. I've never had struggles with uh, sports gambling or any sort of like gambling addiction or anything like that. So it, it's always something that's interesting to me, though, and kind of, you know, the, the psychology behind it. And I've never really, I, to be honest with you, I've never really known anybody that had a, an actual sports gambling or, or a gambling addiction, period. Um, a lot of my family members have addiction, you know, drug addiction, alcohol addiction, that sort of thing. Um, but a lot, I think a lot of times people forget that you can get addicted to just about anything. Yeah, that's, that's so true. And, and for me, I didn't, I, I had no idea what gambling addiction was. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think people oftentimes will view it from afar and say, well, it's just a choice you're making. Just stop doing it. If it's a problem. Right. Right. Um, well, well, what I have come to learn um, now that I'm educated on it um, is that, the process of the brain for a, for a gambling addict is really no different than an alcoholic or a drug addict. The only difference really is that you don't see the physical, physical effects on a, on a gambling addict that you would say an alcoholic or drug addict, you know, but the dopamine process and and the things that are going on inside the brain is um, really no different. And so that's what I'm trying to, to get out there and help people understand and raise awareness about. It's like, this can happen. And we're, you know, now that we're legalizing sports betting, and I think it's 33 or 34 states now in the United mm-hmm. States, we're kind of just at the, at the tip of the iceberg, you know, and, and I think I'm afraid in four or five years, we're going to see a lot more of this. Yeah. And, and I don't know if you saw, but they're actually in talks um the WWE is in talks with uh, government officials to legalize gambling on their, you know, their platform as well. And I think that's absolutely crazy. If you, I mean, come on. We all know that WWE is set. You know, there's a script there. So, you know, the, the let's be honest, Patrick. the The house always wins, right? Yeah, you know that's crazy. I read that. I think it was last week or something. Just like you were talking about. And I, I mean, I don't even know. That just it's that doesn't even make any sense to me. You know, right? Right. We're, so we're gonna we're gonna we can gamble on on the outcome of something that's already set up and fixed i don't i mean i don't that doesn't doesn't make sense there's so much money there's so much money involved and that's all people think about right it's just it's it's wow let's capitalize on this opportunity right you know? and that's that's really all it is right right and and you you know you and i both like i said you and i both know the house always wins you know so it's it's very hard to um you know gamble and actually you know, come out ahead I, I think most people probably don't come out ahead um, which from what I understand in your, in your spot, you had a, a pretty serious gambling addiction when you were actively, um, gambling, correct? 
Well, I did, you know, and so I, you know, I just started it out. Um, and, and let me just throw this out there real quick. I am not um, anti-gambling. I recognize that a lot of people can do it responsibly. And that's what I'm about. I'm not about telling people, well, geez, because I went off the rails, right. you can't gamble. Well, yeah, I mean, anybody, any, and and the thing is, is even with the drinking or anything, you know, some people have a predisposition to being addicted and have a addictive personality and can't handle having a drink. And there's, you know, people that don't have a drinking issue or drug problem and they can, you know, use or drink a beer and not have to worry about going on a week binge. You know what I mean? So it, it, it just, it's all about your psychology, I think. So, so when, when did you, um, how, how did you get into gambling? What, you know, kind of tell us your backstory. Sure. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, as a kid, as a kid, I grew up with a, with a father who was an alcoholic and a gambler. Okay. Uh, and he introduced me to gambling at a young age and, and it was always portrayed as something that was fun. And I didn't see any, I, you know, I saw my dad doing it. And so that leaves an impression on a, on a young kid. And so as I got into high school and college, it started out with just card games, right? I was just playing cards with buddies. Like a lot of us, you know, a lot of people do at that age and you know, 20 bucks, 50 bucks, whatever. I didn't have a lot of money at the time, mm-hmm. but something was different about me. Um, when we're, when we're gambling or playing cards, um, with my friends and I, if I were to lose that 50 bucks, I couldn't stop. I needed to keep going. Mm-hmm. Whereas my friends, they would set out to play with whatever. And if they lost it, they were done. You know, um, it's very similar, like you just said, very similar to, to, to alcohol. Somebody can sit down and have a beer or two. Um, the guy next to him needs 15, you know, for, right. for whatever reason. And so as a, as I got into, you know, into my college years and then after college is when I really started to, to recognize a problem when I was in my twenties, um, I started taking money that should have been going towards my bills, rent, for example, and using that money to gamble with. And this was before all of the, the online gambling and, and all of these apps. It was long before that. I was actually doing it the old fashioned way through bookies in Nevada, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, sending them money and then placing bets for me. But um, I started making bad, bad decisions, bad decisions and using money that should have been going towards bills and whatever and gambling with it. And so I really started to recognize the problem, but I didn't do anything about it. That was my biggest mistake. I didn't say anything to anybody. I tried to cover it up. Mm-hmm. And now were you, we were you married it. at the time or are you, I don't know if you're married now, but were you married or were you a single guy or, Right. I was a single guy at the time. I'm married now, but. Okay. So it's, it know, was probably know. harder to recognize. Uh, it, it was probably harder on someone that's single than it would be if you were married, I would think, you know, it, as far as because you don't have anybody saying, hey, you know, we're not paying our bills. We're not, you're using this money for the wrong reasons. And, and I'm sure in your mind, you're thinking, hey, I'm going to win next time. So I'm going to just win this money back. And then it just, it's a snowball effect, correct? It's a snowball. It's it's a snowball. And, and, and yeah. So what would happen? The first of the month would come, it would be time to pay rent. And I had roommates. I lived with buddies at the time I was in my twenties. I didn't have a lot of um, responsibilities other than, you know, paying my rent. Mm-hmm. And the first of the month would come and, and I didn't have it because I had gambled that money away. And so what I would do is I would come up with some sort of excuse or lie to my friends just to buy time. Um, and that became a pattern. Okay. And so with, with many gambling addicts, what we do is we're able, we're able to hide it because, um, again, you don't see it on us physically. So we're able to hide it. People don't really know what's going on. Right. 
people just thought I just didn't know how to manage my money, right? Um, which was which was true. But what they didn't know was behind the scenes I had a gambling addiction, and it's it's just it's so hard to recognize. You just there are warning signs that people can see and red flags, that, but it's like what are, what is really going on, you know? And so that was in my twenties, and then as I got into my thirties, things really started to get. <laughs> um, I, I just lost complete control. I see. So, so you, how long was it that you weren't actively gambling before you were, or before you realized you had, you know, you hit rock bottom and you had to do something about it? How long, you know, what, what, tell me about that a little bit. Yeah. So really, I always go back to 2001. Mm -hmm. So I would have been geez, 27 or something like that. Um, I hit a parlay, a football parlay. I hit a 14 parlay that paid me $900. I think it, I put 50 bucks on it and it hit for 900 bucks. And that triggered something in my brain that I can never shut off. And so, but what started out as $50 bets soon became $1,000 bets, $5,000 bets. And by the time I got into my mid thirties, um, in fact, it was 2006 is when I got married mm -hmm. and I was already a hundred thousand dollars in debt when I got married and my wife had no idea. Now uh, this was and, to a hundred thousand dollars in debt to bookies or, or was this in no, debt like credit no, card no. debt and all that? Or Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. Guys, we're always telling you, you got to talk to someone when you're not feeling yourself and you're having a rough time with your mental health. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 25,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. I myself go through seasonal depression, and sometimes I just don't want to leave the house or, or leave the room, even for that matter. That is where BetterHelp's coming in. You can talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whether it's via text, chat, phone, or hell, even a video call, all from the comfort of your own home. If your therapist isn't the right fit for you for any reason at any time, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. With BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you, gives you more scheduling flexibility, and at a more affordable rate. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com alpha. That's BetterHelp.com slash A-L-P-H-A. So much credit card debt. So what happened was... I was working for myself as a contractor. I was a general contractor. Okay. Okay. And I had, so I had people trusted me. I had access to money. Um, people would write me 30, $40,000 checks for big projects mm -hmm. at their home. Right. Right. And so what I'm doing is I'm telling myself, you, you, you mentioned this a few minutes ago, you know, I'm convincing myself that I'm going to win. So for example, I would take a $40,000 deposit check from a client and I would take $20,000 of that money and gamble with it in my mind thinking I'm not taking this guy's money. I'm just borrowing it because I'm just going to win. Right. And then I'm going to double or triple that up. I'll pay him back. I'll get the job done. Everybody's happy. They'll never know the difference, but you know, and any, any gambler that tells you, tells you that they they win more than they lose and all in the, in the long haul, it's just lying because that's not true. Well, we they're, they're trying to justify, you know, the reason why they gamble, you know what I mean? Cause like, Right. For me, for me, for instance, I've never, I've been to the casino, you know, I can, I go that my cousin likes to go to the casino and I've just never been a big fan of, of gambling myself. I, you know, I never got into it and 
you know, I never seen that the, the um, I never saw the the you know the the bright stars behind it or whatnot. Now, I myself had in the past had an alcohol and drug addiction. You know what I mean. So I do have an addictive personality. So I can understand and see why you would become addicted to something like that. Um, but for me, that wasn't my drug of choice. You know what I mean. So I think a lot of people they justify. They're like, oh. I'm ahead, but, you know, and, and they'll tell you that, you know, they're doing well at gambling or whatnot, but they're just trying to justify their actions, basically. Yeah, and you see, we see all of these these ads, um, these sports betting ads on TV now with, you know, FanDuel, DraftKings, mm-hmm. MGM, all of these. What they're not showing you is the reality. They're not showing you um, the, the mom that's sitting, been sitting in a casino for two days and neglecting her children. They're not showing you the the... They're not telling you about the suicide rate, which for gambling addiction is, is 12 times higher than that of any other addiction. Right. They don't want you to know that, you know, so it's, it's this, it's almost um, celebrated in our country and it's almost looked at as um, respectable. Um, but the, the, the reality is it's an, it can become a, a big time addiction and it can kill people just like any other addiction. And right. as we can get into here in a few minutes, that's, just about where, where it took me, you know, it's, it's, I got married, like I said, in 2006, our first son was born in 2009. Between those three, in those three years, between the time we got married and the time we had our first son, I think by 2009, I was over $300,000 in debt. Oh, wow. And again, my wife still had no idea because I had, I was, I was in charge of all our bills and she trusted me to handle all our bills. She just trusted that I was doing it and paying everything. I went eight months without making a mortgage payment because I was gambling with that money. And so that's kind of the cycle I was getting into. And as I'm, you know, using all of my clients' money and losing it, they ended up reporting me to the state and the state ended up charging me with two counts of first degree theft. Oh, wow. So is that, is that kind of where you hit, you know, what, what some would call rock bottom, you knew, is that when you like knew you had to get, you know, help for what your, your, your addiction? So you would think, right. Um, <laughs> but I had, I think at that point in my mind, I was too far, I was too, too deep. I was too far into it to, to come clean mm-hmm. uh, because in my mind, my sick mind, um, I couldn't tell my wife at that point because she would have just left me. So I'm convincing myself that I, I just need more money to gamble with and win all this money back because eventually I'll just win it all back. Right. And, 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 you know, but rock bottom actually for me is, is, is a little different. It didn't come until late to late 2014. Um, at this point I am approaching a million dollars in debt. Wow. I have no, I, I can't work anymore. The state has revoked my business license. I'm out of resources. I'm out of friends to borrow from because I've alienated everybody in my life. And I took, um, I remember like it was yesterday, I took $9 and 50 cents from my five-year-old son's piggy bank in 2014. And later that afternoon, I'll never forget. I was sitting in the car staring out the window crying for like two hours. What kind of father had I become, right? To do something like that. Mm -hmm. That was rock bottom. And that was the moment that I was convinced that, I had to kill myself. I had to end my life because everybody in my life would be better off without me. And so um, that was November of 2014. And that was rock bottom. So what, what exactly, 
you know, when you were, when you were had those thoughts, did you, I mean, did you try to go through with actually killing yourself or, you know, what, what exactly, you know, what happened there? So I was playing, I was, I was in the planning stages. Right. Um, and I was, one of the things I was, I was researching was my life insurance policy to see if there was a, a clause in there, a suicide clause. And I had to do the research on that. I wanted to make sure everything was lined up when I did it so that my wife and son would be taken care of. So, um, fortunately though, two months later, my family finally discovered that I had a gambling problem. They had no idea of the scope or the magnitude, but they intervened. And fortunately for me, they did because, um, I wouldn't be here if they, if, if they hadn't. Yeah. Thank God. And, and, and ended up sending me off to treatment. So how did they discover that? How did they find out you had the game? And and was it your wife that found out or how did, how that happened? It was actually my, her, her father, my father-in-law. Um, and I, I had sent kind of a cryptic email to a family member of mine, you know, just kind of alluding to some gambling debts that I had. And of course saying, it's really not a big deal, but do you have $15,000 I can borrow? And I want to cover these debts and I don't gamble anymore. Something to that effect. Well, that family member turned that email over to my father-in-law. And so he started digging, um, got some people involved. And then he contacted my wife, sat her down and told her what he knew at the time. And that was the beginning um, of that process. And then the next day we had an intervention. You know, I walk into this room and it's um, some strange building I'd never been into. And I walk into this dark room and there's my family sitting there and there's some strange lady I've never seen before sitting there. You know, she's the interventionist. And uh-huh. I'm like, oh, here we go. <laughs> you know? So did you, and, when you walked in, did you know what was going on? I mean, did you, you're yeah. like, this is where... This is the intervention, you know, what you knew, everybody knew. As soon as I walked in the door, it's just like you see on TV, you know, you see those intervention shows and boom, it hit me. I knew exactly what was happening. And to be honest with you, um, it was a relief because the lie was over, right? I I had been living this lie for so many years. Isn't that, hiding it from everybody. Isn't that a crazy feeling though? When you, cause I mean, obviously, you know, like I said, I've, I've gone through my own addiction issues. Isn't that a crazy feeling though, is when, all that stress is building up, you know what I mean? And and you're trying to hide this uh, addiction from people that love you and care about you. And then you would think that when you finally admit to it or when it finally comes out that you have these issues that it would, you know, it would be a bad thing. But it really is like a big, a huge relief. Like, I don't have to lie anymore. You know what I mean? I, I can I don't I can just tell them and and have their support. It, it, what? How did you feel when that, you know, when that took place? Yeah, that's a great point. You know, it's, it was just, it was like, you know, the gorilla was off my back. I mean, you, you, there's no, not, there's, there's nothing worse than waking up every day, knowing that for the next 16 hours before I go to bed, I'm going to have to live a lie mm-hmm. every single day. Right. And, you know, people can say, you know, well, you didn't have to do that. Well, no, I didn't have to do that, but I was sick. My brain was sick. And, and anybody that has gone through addiction like yourself, understands that um and that's what my life had become and so that was a nightmare and it was exhausting and so well yes walking into that room um it was a relief uh but they again they had no idea my family had no idea of the magnitude the scope the 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 legal um issues that i was had to deal with they had no idea any of that but But they would find out that's a question i have though how so how 
how long, so how did your wife not know that you were, if you, because you were a general contractor and you had all these legal issues and the state revoked your license. So how did she not know that you weren't able to work? Like what, you know, was I was, she, I was telling, I was convincing her that I was still working. So um, she never, never saw was, the money or any, like you just, you handled everything. She didn't see any of the, yeah. So she, no, I mean, she had her own, I mean, we, we, we had joint accounts and then she had her own. Account. Okay. What okay. would happen was I would win occasionally, right? I didn't lose every time I would win occasionally. And so when I right. went, I would throw some money in the accounts and, and, and she would see that and be like, Oh, okay. Maybe things are okay. Now she obviously knew that we were struggling financially. Um, so you just told her it was really bad, you know, business was bad and you weren't, yeah, you know, something yeah. like that. I mean, okay. Great, you know, you know, this was, you know, a lot of this came during that, during the, when the market crashed and, 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 Mm-hmm. times were tough for right. a lot of people so you know i was just telling hey look business is really slow right now it'll pick up when, when when the economy gets better that sort of thing and you know but clearly looking back on it now she recognizes that there were a lot of uh warning signs there that may, maybe she didn't pick up on at the time well she but, trusted you you know she you know trusted what I mean? me and she... I, yeah and and that's the other part of this too i think a lot of times it's it's almost easier for people on the periphery on the outside to look at something and say hey whoa that's not right versus the spouse uh, because their tendency is to want to believe you right Mm -hmm. Right. you you know it may not add up the stories may seem weird but their tendency is to want to believe you and that's the hardest part you know is that's the 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 hardest part of this whole process was the the deception and the lies that go into hiding that addiction right so what what did she say to you i mean what you know when you walked in that room i'm assuming she was there what what exactly what did she say to you that was a yeah that was hard you know um she was in shock really she didn't say a lot to me she was um you know there were a lot of tears there was a lot of anger um it wouldn't come until the following days weeks months as she discovered more and more and more of what had gone on and what had transpired um because i was away right i went off to treatment for 30 days i was I was away. And while I was away, she was at home with her father-in-law and her sister sifting through everything and finding out what I had done, finding out about the legal um, issues that were going on, which we can get into that in just a second, because that would um, come into play here when I got back from treatment. But so at that time, she didn't say a lot Mm -hmm. over the course of the next month while I was in treatment, I would get to call, I would get to call home every three days once every three days. And those were difficult phone calls because in those three days that I hadn't talked to her who she had discovered so much. Right. Right. Um, she found out that I took $28,000 from her retirement account without her knowledge to feed my addiction. Um, she had to hire three different lawyers, a criminal lawyer, a divorce lawyer, and a financial lawyer, um, to protect herself, you know? And so it's, it's, um, the anger, the anger and, um, justifiably so would, would come, you know, over the later. next few months. <laughs> yeah. Are you still, are you still married to her? Are you got, is that your wife now or? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's awesome. So, I'm glad to hear that she stuck been, by you. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. And it's, and it's rare, um, really because it's, it's, it is the, the, once you break that bond of trust, right. That's a, that's a big one. Right. That is a big one to, 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 to fix, to get bet to, to reestablish that is really difficult. Um, fortunately for me, she gave me a chance. She dove into uh, gambling addiction. She tried to figure out what it was. Um, 
you know, but many people in my shoes don't get that opportunity. And I've come to find out through this, you know, through my process that mm-hmm. the spouse looks at him and says, Nope, you're a liar. You're a thief. Get out of here. You know, not taking the addiction into account. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but, we were able to get to, to rebuild that, but it's taken, it's taken some years, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure, you know, I'm I'm sure it's still, um, something that's in the back of both of your head, you know, I mean, it's, it's never going to, it's probably never going to go away. You know what I mean? So, um, but you're, you're very lucky that she loved you enough and stuck by you because like you said, a lot of times they, you know, from my research, a lot of times they don't, a lot of times they just wash their hands and they walk away. So, and, and I'll be honest with you too. She had friends, um, they're no longer friends of hers, but she had some friends telling her just to do, to do exactly that. Mm -hmm. Cut ties, cut ties, hit the road. He's no good. Right. Um, fortunately there were enough people that stuck by her through that and, and said, we're with you with whatever decision you make, we'll, we'll support you. And, um, I'm, I'm grateful for that, you know, and, and one thing too, one, when I came back from treatment, this would have been, uh, March 7th of 2015. It was three weeks after that, that I, that where, I where did you my, go for my, treatment? Uh, I went to a place called Project Turnabout, which is in Minnesota. It's in Granite Falls, Minnesota. Okay. And it's one of the very, it's one of very few treatment centers that deals specifically with gambling addiction. Really? Okay. I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna put the information down in the uh, show notes as well, um, just to give them a awesome. shout out. So. Um, yeah. So um, what? So how long were you there? So I was there for 30 days, and okay. Then I came home. I came home on March 7th of 2015, and three weeks later. Um, is when I went in for my sentencing for the, for the theft charges, you know, and that was a difficult day because (laughs) you go in for a sentencing and they have what's called, um, victim impact statements, right? It's where, it's where the victims get up in the courtroom and they tell the judge in the courtroom exactly what the defendant did to them and exactly what they want to see happen to that, to that person. Right. And there were, there were several of them that stood up in that courtroom that day. And then the judge gives me the defendant, the opportunity. If I have anybody in the courtroom that wants to speak on my behalf and tell the courtroom that I'm actually a good person. And I had, um, nobody there to do that. I had alienated all of my friends and family members at that point. So nobody showed up to support me. And mm-hmm. that was a difficult day. And then the judge said, the best thing for you is to go to jail today. And, sentence sentenced me to four months in jail or so you did you actually spend the four months in jail or was it was it something where they suspended the sentence or no i actually did um they they put took me took me and booked me and put me in there right there right on, right on the spot and um that was you know in a, in a way it it, it I, I was able to, to get grounded through that process because I needed time to just kind of think about what I had done over the course of the last 15 years, basically. Um, and so staring at walls for four months, being around people that um, <laughs> were resigned to their fate in life. Like they didn't, I'm around a bunch of people that this is what they do. They just, they just go out on the streets and they get thrown back in jail and this is their life and they're fine with it. Right. I wasn't fine with it and I wasn't going to, this wasn't going to be me. And so when I left that place after four months with a clear head for the first time in many years, I felt great. Um, but the problem was, is I didn't know how I was going to get a good job ever again. You know, 
how, how am I going to pay back this money over a million dollars? How am I going to make money to do that? Um, I had no idea. Right. right. So, right. You know, that was it's a lot of money. It, it felt great to, to be out of there. So what, what exactly when you got out, was you, were you in prison or were you in like a County jail or was this a felony? Yeah. Two felonies. Um, and it was, it was not prison. It was County jail. Okay. You know, which is, you know, prison is worse, but I can, I can, I can. Uh, that's debatable. That. I think, uh, depends on where you're at. You know what I mean? There's a lot of County yeah. jails that are, I'd rather, you know, if I, if I had a yeah. choice, I'd rather be in a prison, but, um, but yeah. So, so when you got out of jail and you went home, what did you, I mean, what, what, how did you, I, are you still in this debt or are you still, are you paying it off or have you paid it off or what, you know, what was your plan? Paid, I've paid just about all of it off, right? Wow. Not all of it. That's awesome. Not, but most, most of it, well, I was able to go back to work right away, but I was had to work. I couldn't work for myself as a contractor, mm-hmm. obviously, but I was mm-hmm. able to, I mean, I went back to work right away doing some landscaping work and then. Um, I got a different job doing some, some, some landscape design type work and now, and so, yeah, I was able to pay most of that off and what I do Excuse now me. is I actually work for, work for a company called, um, Epic risk management mm-hmm. and I travel the country and I go to different colleges and I speak with student athletes at various colleges around the country and I explain to them what sports betting is, how that may affect them. And I tell them, I share my story with them. And so I love doing that. Oh, you so know? you do and, that for a living now? Yeah. That's, that's awesome. For a living now. And it's, it's, it's rewarding for me. I mean, it's just to, to be able to connect with people and make a difference. You know, I feel like it's, and it keeps me engaged with my recovery too. I never was one of these people where I thought, okay, well I got that fixed. I'm never going to gamble again. Now let's, let's move on with life. Right. I always want to remember where I was and what I did. Um, because that keeps me in my lane. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you, you go out, so what, you know, how, how prevalent is gambling addiction and, and is it majority of men that have a gambling addiction or, do, you know, I'm sure women do too, but it, I, I, I'd assume it's mostly men. So it is, but what we're finding, you know, right now we're looking at about, I think it's six, six to 8% of problem gamblers in this country are women, you know, but so that's, you know, with a country of 330 million people, that adds up to a lot of people, a lot of women. Right. That struggle with this, you know, um, but what, you know, the, the danger here is that we, we've thrown legalized sports betting at everybody, and especially young people with no awareness, no education or anything. It's like, here you go. And that's kind of how we do things in this country. We jump in with both feet without thinking about the ramifications. And so we're, we're starting to see the problems now, but like I said, four or five years from now is when we're really going to see it, you know, um, and it's frightening because it's just, it's, it's again, it's celebrated in this country and we're not teaching our kids what can happen if they lose control. Right. Well, so what, 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 um, how, how large is the, the percentage of growth that we're going to, you think that we're going to see with this sort of, sort of addiction? Say that again. I'm sorry. How large, I mean, cause you're saying that in the next five years is when we're really going to see the problem with this. Um, is there like an expectation? Is that because of so many states legalizing, you know, online sports gambling and sports betting 
And what is the, you know, is it a pretty high percentage that it's it's going up like yearly after year after year? Or what are you seeing yeah, there? So, so <clears throat> what we're what we're looking at is, you know, take we take we take the UK for example, a country of of uh, sixty nine million people, right? They've been betting on sports legally for a lot longer than we have, and they're a mess over there because of it, and. So looking at our, you know, now we're, we just, we're just introducing everybody to it with no regulation and what little regulation we do have is different from state to state, right? Every state is, is different. Mm-hmm. And so I, I mentioned this earlier, what we're going to start and it's becomes a mental health issue, big time mental health issue with, with gambling addicts too. And the suicide rate is 12 times higher. So what we're going to see is we're going to see a lot of people that get so deep they can't find a way out and their only option is to end their life and it's it's just it's frightening what the the path that we're we're going down here with no um no regulation in place it's crazy to me too is like if you hear like a like a, a FanDuel commercial or something like that it's always at the very end they're like uh, if you have a gambling addiction, call one eight hundred Sports Gamble or whatever, and it's always really fast. Like you can't really hear what they're saying. So, so right. there's this place that you went to. You said it was in Montana, Minnesota. Minnesota. I'm sorry. And it, how many treatment centers do you, do we typically have across the United States for specifically that handle sports gambling or gambling addiction in general? Right. That's a great question. Not enough. <clears throat> we have, I think, now maybe five or six. Wow, five or six? Five, yeah, and so in the entire country that deals specifically with gambling addictions. Um, wow. A lot of places will, a lot of treatment centers um, that handle drug and alcohol mm-hmm. um, may take a gambling addict if they have an alcohol problem and co-mingle those, right? Um, but that, that, that doesn't, that's not, not the right way to approach this. What, what's so, the major difference though? I mean, cause it, you know, it's a psychological addiction, obviously everything's psychological when you're addicted. So what, what is the major difference in treating a, a drug addict or a, um, alcoholic than, than a gambler? Sure. So with the gambler, right. You, again, you don't see the physical effects. You don't have to go through, um, the, like the detox portion of that treatment center, you know, like with an alcoholic, when they get into a treatment center, they're probably going through detox. For yeah, you days. can you can actually die from detoxing yes. from alcohol. It's crazy. Exactly. Um, with the gambling addict, it's all mental. It's all about understanding the process in the brain, mm-hmm. and but the, the the urges and the cravings are, are are just as bad, if not worse, than than they are with alcoholism or drug addiction for the gambler. But it's it's really just about understanding the process in the brain decompressing and then finding like for me i had to have a plan in place like i when i left treatment it was all about a structured daily plan to keep my mind right so that i didn't fall back into that old pattern you know i couldn't envision a life without gambling it just didn't make sense to me and so right it's rewiring the brain listening to the professionals talk about gambling addiction what it is and the choices we make and the behaviors that we exhibit during that period of time. So it's, it's, you know, and a lot of it, you know, I went through a 12 step based program, which is, it works for me. It doesn't work for everybody. And there's no set. I think I'm open to all kinds of different ways to, to do recovery. People do it differently, but 
that is, is no different really than an alcoholic or a drug addict as far as the recovery process goes. It's crazy because I actually read a stat. I was doing some research on gambling addiction last night, and um, I read a stat that it's it's thought that one to three percent of the world population may be addicted to gambling. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's mind sad, blowing. You know how many people that is. I mean, when you have eight billion people on the on the planet, one to three percent of them is it, you know what is that? Three hundred million people. Or am I right. wrong? And, I'm not good at yeah, math. Uh, well, it's a, it's a lot. And, and when, right. you know, again, we're a country of 330 million people. Right. So, you know, you, you start to do the math and, and, and it's, it's, it's a lot. It's, it's shocking, actually, yeah. how many people are going to be gambling addicts. We, we're, we know we have alcoholics. We know we have drug addicts. Um, Especially with all these sports betting. I mean, and, and like I said, I'm not against this at all like i'm not against betting on sports and all that i think you should be able to um but some people just can't do it so are you with you know without without suffering consequences from it or anything like that like anytime i've ever bet money or gambled or anything like that it was money that i knew like i'm probably gonna lose and i you know what i mean and it was just extra money that i i was okay with losing but the difference is, is, you know, between me and you, for instance, is you, you know, you didn't have that money to lose and it wasn't money that you were okay with losing. You just, you just did it. So, um, what exactly, so what, you know, and, and you said yourself, you're not against, uh, sports betting or gambling or anything like that. So what, what kind of legislation do you think, or, or what kind of, um, things should be put into place to, you know, kind of. Um, lower this number because I can see where you're coming from. I mean, the more states that legalize this, the more access you're going to have to it. And it, it, with these kids and things like that, I mean, you know, I've got teenagers, you know what I mean? So, like, I know, you know, they're they're going to be prone to this. They're seeing this fan duel in, in sports betting. And, and and because they're seeing it on TV, it's okay, you know what I mean? And, and what, 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 what do you think should be done to kind of like um, – you know, fix that or, or curb that yeah. number. Well, to me, it's, it's just, it all starts <clears throat> with education and that's what we try and do. You know, we're trying to get in front of primarily younger people, you know, high school, college kids, because they don't know what they don't know. Right. All they know is they see these ads on TV. They see Kevin Hart on a um, DraftKings commercial or something and tell them how great it is and sign up now for five bucks and you'll get $200 in free bets, which is all nonsense. Right. Um, they're just being fed all of this. And so to me, it starts with education and letting them know what this is. And, you know, we're starting to get some, make some inroads with, with FanDuel and bet MGM. And as far as their, their education, because they don't, like you said, they don't want to tell people what the, the, the truth is about this. Well, hell no, so, they don't. They, they'll, you know how much money they would lose for if it wasn't for people like that had an addiction, you know, or had a gambling right, addiction. Right. It's crazy. Like, but it, it's the same thing. I mean, it, so you start, you go to colleges and talk. What about high schools? Do you go to high schools as well? Or so that's another, not right now. We're just, we're doing just strictly colleges, but to me, there's not there's there's no such thing as too young when it comes to education on this issue right you know um, i agree um grade school high school kids need to hear it too right and so um the younger we can we we can get in front of them um and and share our our 
story and our, our knowledge of this, the better. You right. Know? And that's where it starts. You know, you know, parents teach their kids about the dangers of drugs and alcohol as they should, but they don't talk to them about the dangers of gambling because a lot of people just don't recognize it yet. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you, Patrick. I mean, I've talked to my ki- my kids about drugs and alcohol and, and the, you know, addiction issues and things like that in our family and that sort of thing. Um, but I've never talked to them about gambling addiction. I just never, I recognize it's an addiction. I just never thought about it, to, you know, to kind of talk about it because it's just so, I, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's just a normal everyday thing that people do. And I think that you're right. I think a lot of, a lot of parents out there, they don't talk about their kids with gambling addiction because it's not recognized as really a, a major issue, you know? Well, that, yeah. yeah. And also too, it's like parents will gamble with their kids. Um, you know, like my father did with me when I was a kid and because it's, it's, it's what we do in this country, right? We get together for super bowls or whatever, and, and, and everybody's gambling in the house, right? They're all gambling on the game and it's, it's seen as just a fun activity and it can be right for, for many people. Right. But, but if, if you're going to, to do that with your children, it, it only makes sense to let them know about the dangers of it, what can happen. But, you know, I guess a lot of people, and I'm, and I'm, I'm aware of this. A lot of people just view it as, as an activity and they don't understand that, that the dark side of it. Right. And I get that. I get that. But um, so anyway, that's what we're trying to do is just, make people aware of what, where this can lead, right. you know, and the addictive side of this, um, because it's very real, you know, and if you ever walk into a casino, um, all you have to do is look around, look into the dark, um, corners of each casino and you're going to see people that are just lost. Like they are lost in life and they're, they're, they're in a daze and they're staring into a, into a, you know, a slot machine for hours and hours and hours. And, that's the reality. And so it's, it's really just, that's where it starts with education and just letting people know what can happen. So what, what kind of red flags can, can you really look out for? Cause like you said, you don't see physical um, changes in the person. I mean, you might see, uh, I, I would assume you probably see, you know, some mood changes and things like that maybe, but that's normal everyday stuff. So how do you recognize red flags in someone that may have a gambling addiction? So obviously the number one um, red flag is money, right? Financial inconsistencies, things that don't make sense um, and different stories or different explanations as to why um, it's not adding up, you know? So Mm -hmm. there's that, there's, like you mentioned it, the irrational behaviors. Um, You know, we all have mood swings, right? That's normal. But, but with the gambling addict, it's, it's, much more prevalent the, the irrational behaviors are i mean the behaviors of a gambling addict are all over the place they're up and down you know um again you don't see the physical effects but those are the warning signs the rat warning signs you know irrational behaviors financial inconsistencies stories lies things that don't make sense um and it all adds up you know you, you put all that together and that's the way to recognize you know that there could be a gambling problem. Right. It, you know, it's crazy about that, Patrick, when you, when you're saying that, is it, you know, it could be really hard to confuse that with someone that just has uh poor money skills as well, you know? And, and so I can see where that might be an issue, 
you know, to, to recognize and, and to curb that before it becomes a big problem. So you know, it, it, gambling, it, man, it's, it's just, it's crazy. I mean, I don't know if you saw like the UFC just banned, um, their fighters are no longer allowed to bet against, uh, on, on their, uh, their own matches or anything. They're not allowed to bet at all. Did you see that? I did. Yeah. And you know, you t- look at, um, I don't know if you're, are you an NFL fan at all? Sports. Fan oh all? yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, you may remember this Calvin Ridley, who uh, a couple of years ago was playing for the Atlanta Falcons and yep. he, he, you know, they're not, they're not supposed to be betting on games, which is, you know, the NFL embraces gambling. Oh, hell yeah. They and, do. And, and, and they're, and they're, of course their players are not supposed to be betting on these games. Well, he, he was injured, I think, and he bet 1500 bucks on a, on a, on some football games and they found out about it. And his, at the time, he's since he's since come around and, and um, just recently owned up to some of his struggles. But at the time, he said he didn't have a gambling problem because he only bet fifteen hundred bucks. Well, mm-hmm. that fifteen hundred dollars in football bets cost you millions in salary, so that might be a problem, right? Right. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> I um, would think so. Um, so that, uh, but I did, I did see that 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 story on the. Well, I think I think an issue too out there is a lot of. Um, are you familiar with string bets? Um, basically, when you have like an NFL player and they tell their aunt, "Hey, bet on this game," you know, so and so's injured, or where you know something's going on behind the scenes, and and doing string betting. So that's another issue, and I don't think that that's something we're ever going to be able to really one hundred percent stop. Um, as far as that goes, because I mean, it's really hard to, to catch someone in when they're do, unless they're really bad at what they're doing. You know what I mean? It's really hard to catch someone that's doing string betting, from my understanding. Yeah, it's difficult, you know. And and there are ways around it. Obviously, you know, people will find find ways around um, situations like that. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's it's um, it's just again, it's I'm gonna just a, I'm gonna tell you a quick story here of just one of the guys I was in treatment with was this is how it could sneak up on you. He was 63 years old, had never gambled a day in his life. And he had just retired. He and his wife had millions in the bank, sent their two kids off to great colleges, the whole thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but he retired. It didn't have anything to do. And so he started trading stocks. He became a day trader. He blew through their entire life savings in the span of two months lost all their millions of dollars. And he was never a gambler before that. And that's how quickly this can happen. I mean, the, the, the drug for the gambler is the money, right? And the, the gambler can go get treatment, walk out of treatment, better prepared to handle it and understand their addiction, but they're faced with all of this financial debt. Whereas an alcoholic or a drug addict isn't facing that. So, um, the financial side of this is, is, is why it's so scary. Right. Right. And, and the, the crazy thing is, is that, you know, when you're in a hole as large as that, it, it, you know, financially, you literally feel like there's nothing you're going to be able to do there's to get out of that hole, you know, and it's, 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 I've been there, you know, I've been to a point where I had $3 in the bank before and, you know, I didn't know how the hell I was going to feed my family. You know what I mean? So it's scary. And, and that's, you know, it, that's the scariest part about it too. I think is that there's nowhere. And you said there's five, five or six treatment centers across the country. There's just nowhere for these people to go. And 
I'm sure it's very expensive to get treatment in the first place, right? Oh, for sure. It's, it's, um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it's, it's thousands, you know, most, most treatment centers, in, you know, inpatient treatment centers, whether it's for alcohol, drugs, or gambling, you're not getting in the door for under 10,000 bucks. Right. And I, and I wonder, I wonder, cause there's a lot of times where like there's state programs or, um, like Medicaid and that sort of thing that pays for these drug addiction counseling or drug addiction treatments, alcohol treatments. But is there a program that pays for our gambling addiction? So it, it, yeah, some States offer that, like depends on where you live, mm-hmm. like Minnesota, for example, uh, they're really good about that, you know, and, but most of the States aren't right. And so, that's what's so unique about our country. Each state is, is different and different laws and different programs. And, you know, it's, it's, it's really difficult right now. Um, and, and we're going to need to figure something out because we're going to have a bunch of gambling addicts run around this country here pretty soon. And like we talked about and nowhere for them to go and no resources unless we, you know, start to get ahead of this or at least, I mean, the train has left the station. We're just trying to catch up to it a little bit. Right. Right. So, right. It's, um, it's, you know, scary times, unfortunately. So what what would you recommend to anybody that's listening to this podcast right now that may um, be facing a gambling addiction? What, what what kind of recommendations can you make to them? The, the, the best thing you can do is to open up and talk to somebody about it. Um, there's a lot of shame and a lot of embarrassment and guilt that comes along with, with, with this particular addiction. Um, and so oftentimes we're not we don't want to open up about it. You know, we don't want to talk to somebody we know and actually tell them what's going on, which is fine. But there are numbers, there are resources, there are are, um, phone numbers you can call. Um, 1-800-GAMBLER is is one of them. And oftentimes it's it's easier to talk to a stranger and and tell them, hey, I'm struggling with this. I need some help. What can I do? Right. You know, but because we're able to hide it, you know, it, it goes on for, for much longer than, than it should. And much longer than like a, an alcoholic or drug addict, because you can just see it on them physically mm-hmm. and you know, there's a problem, you know? So the, the best things to do if you're gambling more than you think you should, you know, which is the first sign that there could be a problem. If you set out to, to, to gamble with a set amount and you, you keep stretching that and keep, and then you're pulling money from somewhere else to feed your gambling, those are warning signs and it's time to, to to address it before, you know, before you get to the point I got to. Right. So is there, um, is there a way that, so you, you talk, you go around, you talk to schools and that sort of thing. Is there a way that any, I mean, would you be willing to hear from anybody that has a gambling addiction that may be reaching, they need to talk to someone like you that, that, you know, they, they have an issue and they need to talk to someone that's been there. Totally. Yeah. In fact, I, I, um, I, I had a, a mom reach out to me just, a, just recently, you know, she saw, she saw something about me on, on online or something. She has a son who is really struggling with gambling and she didn't know where to turn. She reached out to me via, I think Twitter or something. And so we, we ended up emailing back and forth and I was able to kind of walk her through the process and let her know about some resources and things she can do to try and get her son some help. Mm-hmm. So th- that's a big thing with me. Um, I, I feel a responsibility to 
to try and help people and try and talk to people. And if anybody ever has an issue and they don't know where to talk to, who to talk to or where to go, reach out to me. Um, right. Because I've been there and I know the struggle. And so it's, it's, and it's, it's a dark, dark world that we live in when we get to a certain place when it comes to gambling addiction. And so I'm always open to talking to people about it. So how, how can they, how can anybody that's listening that may want to talk to you or just even just to contact you to have questions, um, how can they get a hold of you? So there's a couple of ways. Um, they can find me on LinkedIn. They can find me on Twitter. My Twitter is at Patrick Chester nine, the number nine. And I also, and I do this a lot, I'm not afraid to do it. I, I uh, they can call me and my phone number is four, two, five, four, nine, two, zero, five, five, six. And I'll take a call from anybody, anytime, anywhere. Awesome. Okay. And wh- what I'll do is I'll put all that information down in the show notes as well. Um, awesome. Is there a um, any sort of like a um, foundation or anything like that that maybe would take that can take receive donations that would help people get into treatment that you're aware of? Or so there are a few that are that are going in that direction, um, mm-hmm. but, but just not quite ready for that yet, you know, but at some point we'll get there, you know, um, but like I said, depending on the state, certain states, there are, there are um, ways to, to, to get help, financial help for treatment. Um, it really just depends on the state you live in, Got you it. know, um, but it's just, you know, it's, we're not quite there yet when it comes to that, but we're, we're, we're getting there. Right. So you, um, do you have any, you know, it's been, you know, several years since you stopped gambling. Do you still have urges to gamble? It depends on the time of year. That's a great question. Um, this time of year is, 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 um, difficult because the March madness Madness is going on. That was a huge thing with me. Like my relationship with my dad was, all around gambling and we would go down to Nevada and March Madness during March Madness and bet on all the games. And, um, so this time of year is difficult. Um, the Super Bowl is difficult, you know, but for the most part of I me, mean, I mean, I can manage those, 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 are you thoughts. able to watch you know, have... the, the games still? Are you still interested in watching the games? Are you able to, without being triggered or I am now, I am now the first, it took a couple of years though, to be honest with you. And the first, my thing was football. I bet on college and pro football all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember going to my first college football game after I got out of treatment, sitting there looking around the stadium, like, is this a thing? Like people actually go to these games and don't bet on them. I mean, is, is this really a thing? Mm-hmm. You know, right. I just couldn't, I was a concept that was foreign to me. Um, and I, at, at the beginning, I'm like, this is boring. I mean, I, I can't just watch a game just for the, I mean, I have to have something on it. Right. <laughs> Um, but I can now, I, now I'm able to watch the game just for the sake of watching the game. And it's great. Now I'm assuming you don't, um, you can't go to like casinos or anything like that now. Like you, you probably just stay away from that sort of thing or are you, well, I, I don't, I haven't set foot in one. Um, and that's interesting. I don't know how that would, how I, I don't know how I would respond to that. I mean, I, I'm, I'm confident enough in myself to know I wouldn't start gambling, but I don't put myself in that environment. Yeah, I guess that would kind of be like an alcoholic going to a bar. You know what I mean? You, right. You may go in there saying, hey, I'm not going to drink or, and then, you know, you're right back into it. So what, what yeah, about, so I just, I, yeah. go ahead. I'm sorry. 
no so i just i just eliminate that i don't even i don't go near those places just because it's um i don't want to i don't want to test the waters <laughs> right yeah i don't blame you man i don't i definitely uh i i you know it, it's crazy that you were able to overcome what you've overcome um tell your wife i'm really happy that she stuck by your side because it you know that's awesome man you don't yeah, like i said you don't you. get that a whole lot you really don't uh, you know relationships are torn apart by these things and and I don't think people really understand that, especially people that don't have addiction and never had an addiction issue. They don't understand the science behind, or I'm sorry, the psychology behind um, addiction rather. So it, it, what I'm going to do, man, is um, if you could do me a favor um, and email me that information, um, your phone number and all that that you want me to put there, I'd like to put that down yes. in the show notes and then um, – you know, we definitely, you know, your story's one of a kind, man. It's great. I, I, you know, I truly enjoyed it. So, um, hopefully we can get you back on to, you know, kind of talk some more once, you know, things start rolling down and more, uh, more legislation comes out or more, you know, more gambling, um, addiction studies and things like that roll out. Yeah, I, I, I would love to. And, and again, I appreciate you having me on. It's, it's, yeah you know, it's, it's just something that we're just scratching the surface right now. Mm -hmm. So it's, 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 um, it's important to me clearly, but, um, hopefully, yeah, hopefully we can, we can make some inroads and, yeah. um, keep letting people know. And I'll, yeah, I'll be happy to email over you that email that info over to you and, um, awesome. go from there. Yeah. If you're, if you're on Facebook, we have, I don't know if you are on Facebook, we have a private group that we have on Facebook, um, mind of the alpha podcast if you want to join it and plug all your information in there you're more than welcome to um but what i'll do is i'll get it all of it put in then i'll send it over to you once it gets edited and put out it's funny you say that i um <laughs> i'm on uh, some other sites but facebook is one i'm not on because i remember my, my attorneys told me back when i was going through all the legal stuff that i had to get off of that because um it was putting my family in danger at the time. I could get back on it now. It's just funny because I have, I just haven't. But yeah, you know, um, sometimes, man, I'll tell you what, some, cause that's another problem too for people is social media addiction. I mean, we, oh, we could probably do an entire podcast just on that too. So it, yes. sometimes I wish I didn't, wasn't on social media and I'll be honest with you. Um, sometimes I'm like, I want, I just want to, the, the only reason I even have social media anymore is because of this podcast. So, um, totally. yeah, 90, 99% of the time I'm, you know, I, I don't really enjoy social media. So, but, um, yeah, man, I, um, I appreciate you, you know, getting on here with us. And, um, once I get this put out, I'll send you all the links over and everything. Okay. That'd be great. Bobby. Again, thanks again for having me on. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. You're always welcome. You're part of the pack now. Awesome. All right. Buddy. All right, man. I'll um Thank I'll you. I'll talk to you here soon. Okay. Sounds good. Thanks. Thanks, man. Have a good night. You too. Bye bye.